from Singapore today. I have Gina Romero. She's the head of the Athena Women's Group Networking. She does a whole range of things actually these days, which I'll get her to brief me on in a minute. Hi Gina, how are you doing? Hi Mike, good to be here. Thanks for inviting me. Oh look, thank you so much. I know we organised this some months ago, so it's, it's great to actually talk to you because I haven't been in Singapore for a little while. Tell me, what have you been up to recently? I, I know from Dave that you're incredibly busy, but um, but just share the three or four key things that you've been doing to kick things off so people get a, an understanding about who you are. Where to start? Um, so I started the Athena Network here in Singapore about three years ago now, or two and a half years ago. Um, and yeah, I've been working building up this women's network based on the network that I was part of when I was in the UK. Uh, running my IT business. So that's been ticking along nicely. I mean, it's been pretty organic here in Singapore. We have about 2,000 um, women who are part of the community locally who come to various different events. Um, and we have about 200 members who regularly attend sort of every month, really. So that's what we've been doing here with the Athena Network. Um, but I've also been working in um, the technology space quite a bit because I'm really passionate about helping women, well, helping anyone use technology better. Um, but I know that that's one of the particular pains of women that run small businesses. So I, I've worked with a few of the big tech brands to help get some training for the business owners that's under Connected Women. Um, and then recently, which has been keeping me busy, keeping me geeky actually, is we've been building an online platform um, to help these women network better online as well. That's awesome. Well, I know you've been featured in our Entrepreneur X Factor book as well. So, and I mean, every time I meet you, I just have so much fun because you also like to drink beer. So it's always good to to catch up with you and Bobby and drink beer. Tell me, what's what's the secret to networking? I mean, you obviously love it. I'm not a huge fan of it myself. What's what's the secret, as far as you're concerned, to effective networking? You know, it's really funny actually because I am not really. Um, a networker, or I wasn't a networker in the past. So I, I never really did love networking, um, and I probably look a little bit more extroverted than I actually am. So I really love being around people, but I can get a little bit shy when I'm outside of my my normal environment. Um, but I think it depends what kind of networking. I mean, I like networking in my networking group <laughs> and places that I like networking, but I I don't like networking. You know, when I go to other environments where it doesn't necessarily suit me. So I think one of the key things about networking and learning to love networking is finding the right place to network. I mean, that's really, I think, the main, the main ingredient. What do you look for when, you, when you're looking for a place? I mean, you're sort of like me. If you can't find something, you just start your own so that way people come to you. But, but when you go somewhere, what are you looking for? For me personally, I just want to go somewhere that I can really feel myself, like be myself, be comfortable. Um, I don't have to put any pretense. Um, so, you know, I think I try to create environments that are as comfortable as possible, bearing in mind that I know that a lot of people don't like networking. So make it as welcoming as possible. Try to eliminate um, the networking awkwardness. So, you know, the bit at the beginning when you're kind of just standing there trying to talk to someone. Um, so anything that we can do to make the environment more comfortable 
Um, actually, I don't really go to a lot of other events other than my own, my own at the moment because I've run so many. But if I go to an event and I experience that networking awkwardness, it definitely makes me not want to go back again. Do you have a, um, a question or a series of uh, ways in which to introduce yourself and, and get to, you know, because we don't just go to networking to hang out and get a social support network necessarily. Um, most people are there for a reason. They want to sell their stuff. Do you have a way to sort of get to the heart of that? Yeah, I mean, I think that, um, you know, networking is really a long-term process. So it's kind of difficult to get good results if you turn up with the idea to sell something today. But I think that it's good to have a good pitch. Um, and when I say pitch, it's not sales pitch, but it's just a good sort of very quick and easy way of explaining what you do um, to people that you meet and to try and generate a little bit of interest um, for them to open up the conversation a little bit more. So there's nothing worse, I think, than when you meet someone, you say hello, and maybe they're a little bit nervous, but what happens is they then ramble for the next 10 minutes about every product and service in their business. Um, so I think yep. the idea is to be really concise about how you help people and what your passion is, and then kind of give the person an opportunity to ask you more about that. Um, but ask a lot of questions as well. You know, I think it's good to throw the ball back and ask questions um, and come armed with a few questions as well and be a good listener. Yeah, I always find the, for myself that I always say, ask people, my first question to them is, why did you come along here tonight? And I find that that opens up um, some real reasons and what they're looking for. And then if I like them and I think, you know, um, they're a good person, I'll try and help them with their why. And, and that generally brings a stronger bond. For me, I'm, I sort of don't go, I can go to a whole networking event and not talk once about anything I do because nobody's actually interested. <laughs> so, um, so instead of talking about what I do, I try and find out what other people do and then look for angles on that. But I want to go back to a, a really simple question. Um, define networking for me. Because most people think it is an evening event that you trot along to, hand out business cards, but you may have a different view on it. What is networking for Gina Romero? Um, networking is really a long-term game for me. So it's about finding and seeking out different people, different relationships that you can form so that you can collaborate over a long-term period for mutual benefit. So it really is not about the immediate results, but more about how you can look for collaborators and partners that can actually help you with your, either add value to what you're already offering your clients um, and partners, or look for people who can actually um, you know, build in your services and products into what they offer their partners and their clients. Um, or just to find ways that you can work together to create something completely new. I think really it's a lot more about partnerships than selling. Um, networking is not yep. the best platform for selling. I think selling nowadays, there are a lot of different ways to sell products that are probably more effective and can you know, achieve the results a lot quicker. Yep, I tend to agree. And the issue that I have is normally if I go to a networking meeting, I tend to stand out. <laughs> So um, I just went to one in Johannesburg actually last week with, with Landy, my girlfriend, and um, the reason I went is it was a speakers federation function. I wanted to go and see who's speaking in this country and 
whether there's any synergies or partnerships. But um, it was pretty funny because I was new. They asked me to get up and speak about what I do, and I told them, and, and we just looked around, and there was a whole lot of jaws on the table. It was like <laughs> it's like I was the guy in, in Star Wars at the bar. So it was pretty funny. Um, Gina, you, you just told you told me you're working on um, an online platform for networking for women now. Online seems to be the way that people are networking these days. I mean, just before picking up this call with you, I've been on Facebook, I've been connecting with different people. I, I mean, Dave's a, a huge connector with people through platforms like Facebook. How does one do that and what is it relevant and does it get results and do you have any tips? And I know there's four questions in there, so pick any one of them you want. Yeah, I think, I think you know, like any kind of technology, it's a bit of a minefield for everyone, even people who are quite savvy, you know, they really have to work harder to every day, keeping up to date and keeping up to speed with all of the changes. Um, it's definitely something that is overwhelming a lot of my members. Um, so I think, you know, if you're really, really new to online networking, I think the, the best thing to do, similar to offline networking, is find an environment where you feel comfortable. So you may prefer an environment like Twitter, where you have, you're more of a listener um, and you can engage, but you can certainly tap into a lot of conversations there and sort of lurk a little bit. Um, if, you're, if you'd like to engage a lot, then you know, Facebook is more personal. You can definitely connect with people on that personal level. Um, and if you're really uncomfortable with anything personal, sharing anything about your private life, um, you know, even if it's just the, the, the odd family picture or whatever else, and stick to something like LinkedIn. Um, those are, you know, I mean, those are solid. They're not really changing. But there's also quite a few other things popping up now as well, like the like the Pinterest, which is really great for visual, you know, sharing images, sharing sort of visual infographics and things like that, and just for sharing your interests with people, so pinning up different things that interest you and looking through other people's collections. So there are, there are lots of different ways, but I think you know, like anything, choose. Have a little look around, look at the different options. Don't overwhelm yourself with the fact that there are so many different things and try and do everything. And then maybe just pick one or two and really get comfortable and use it and learn about it until you're comfortable before you try and take on another one. Yeah, that's awesome advice. I, I read a statistic about six months ago that 97% of Pinterest users are women. So I think it's whether that statistic's entirely accurate or not. I think I think that my point here is that when you're looking at a different media, make sure that your demographic and what you want is actually in that media as as well, or else you'll be spending a lot of time um, working in an area that you may not want. I also came across somebody recently who told me that they can align almost 100% of their business in the last 12 months to LinkedIn. In bringing them new business, um, do you? So that's interesting. I've never really used LinkedIn for business. We've run ads on it. We're not really a business-to-business -business person, uh, a company. We're a business-to-consumer company, which is more Facebook-aligned. I think business-to-business -business is more LinkedIn. But do you use LinkedIn? And and I know we've got some friends in Singapore that are are real LinkedIn gurus as well. Um, so any advice on LinkedIn? Yeah, I mean, at the very least, you really need to have a good profile on LinkedIn. I mean, I use LinkedIn mainly for looking people up. So if I hit, you know, if I get an email from someone who want to meet me for coffee or something else, before I go straight into the Facebook, um, sort of friend them on Facebook, 
I will look them up on LinkedIn and just so that I can get a bit of a grasp of what their background is and prepare myself for meeting with them. Um, so I think that it's really important that you have a, a solid profile on LinkedIn so that people can get an understanding of, of what you do and what your background is. Um, but I think, you know, like anything, it's where you put your effort, isn't it? I mean, if, you, if I spent, you know, 90% of my effort on LinkedIn, I'm pretty sure that I could get a lot more business through LinkedIn than I already am. Um, and, but, you know, if you spread your effort, then you're probably going to spread your, um, your reach through the different channels, but it will be less concentrated. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I think for me, I, I prefer the more informal, because I've, I've run communities and I run events, I like to get to know people on a more personal level. But I think if you're in the corporate world or you're, you're in a, a slightly more um, professional field like finance or whatever else, you might not be comfortable um, being really personal and sort of friending people on Facebook. When I was in IT, I didn't friend anyone, <laughs> any of my clients on Facebook. I didn't really want them to know anything about my life. But of course, that was quite some time ago. So I think the whole concept of, of sharing and privacy is changing. Um, so I don't think you're going to be able to keep your, face, your personal Facebook page um, very private for much longer anyway. No, true. And I mean, uh, we've, just, we've just hired two staff and when the CVs came in, the very first place I went, once I liked the CV, was Facebook to have a look at them. And with both of the people that, that I hired, um, I went to Facebook and looked at them and thought, they're really nice people. They're really nice, genuine people. And I, I definitely want to interview them. So, in fact, their Facebook profiles had a lot to do with my decision-making process. Yeah, I think that the whole kind of authentic personal brand and being able to be yourself is really important. Um, you know, I was speaking to quite a few different sort of um, people recently to the Council of Women's Organizations and you know, one of the topics of concern is, is young people and how they don't really have any regard for privacy and worrying about how, you know, employers are looking them up and, and you know, looking at what they're doing and how they need to be more private in the way that they share, you know, their life, their, their personal life. But I think it's all about the right fit, isn't it? I mean, I certainly wouldn't have a problem if I looked up a, a potential uh, staff member and they were having a drink. Um, in fact, I quite like the idea that they're going to have a drink with me and, you know, and they're quite a chilled out person. But I think that obviously if I saw something, you know, unpleasant, like there was unpleasant people or it was excessive drinking and it, or, you know, they were bombing off work or whatever else it was, then that would put me off. But if it's just they have a life and they have a personality, then that means to me that they're a good fit for the kind of stuff that I do. Um, whereas yeah. again, you know, more company would probably shy away from that and that's okay because why do you want to work for a company that is against being? Exactly and to, to me it's all energy too so I remember when I went to this uh, I got a CV in from this one guy clicked on his page and um, basically he was lying on a table naked with a beer can strapped to his waist and I looked and went uh oh I'm still on my own page I better click on his. No I'm not joking. <laughs> yeah, I think it it's all part of it, though, isn't it? Go on, I've got it in. Sorry. No, no. I think I think it's really a, you know it actually helps you find um, the right cultural fit, and I think that's always a good thing because people are going to be happier and work harder, and everything will just flow a lot better if people are, you know, in the right place, working with the right people with the same values. Yep. 
I agree. Since we're talking about alcohol, you ran for quite a while something called Business Rocks, um, which was also a, a great uh, networking event that I went to and spoke at once, and I thought it was really, really cool format. And um, tell us a little bit about your ideology behind that. Um, well, Business Rocks literally just started with um, just a few people having a beer, <laughs> which it kind of still is. Um, almost three years later, but um, yeah, I, I really love work, and I'm one of these people that shouldn't really be allowed out to socialize in a purely social environment because I just talk about work, and so I kind of shy away from socializing. Um, you know, I don't go on any girls' nights out. If people are having like you know couple dinners, I, I try not to go because honestly, I just bore people to death with my talk about work. And in fact, my team banned me from coming to any of the team nights out um, unless I agree not to talk about work, which I can't do. Um, so I created Business Rocks because I thought there must be other people that like to talk about work and, you know, chill out and have a few beers and everything else. And it turns out there are. So we, we allow you to talk about work, <laughs> to chill out or not to talk about work if you don't want to and just have a few drinks and, and really just, you know, like, like all of my events, just see yourself and let people kind of let their hair down a little bit because I think all of the business networking events are often very stuffy and there's a whole protocol and, you know, I mean, we don't even bother exchanging cards um, very much at Business Rocks unless it's that point in the night where, you know, you're going home and you realize that you probably won't remember anything and you just want to keep in touch with people. Yeah. But yes, yeah, it's, it's really chilled out and I think it's a really good way to do business. I, I agree and I think we make business you know, too serious and that it should be more fun. I'm going to start uh, bringing this to a close, but, and, uh, you know, we do have some live callers on the call as well. We, we do this live and record it for, for later on that goes out um, to our Circle of Excellence and, and Transformational Leaders Academy. Gina, you've seen a lot of networkers and you've been to a lot of networking events and you've built sizable networks. 2,000 people, there's a very sizable network in Athena Group. Um, give me the top three or four tips that you've seen people really be successful at in networking, in your eyes. Um, so first of all, I think that because of the way that technology is evolving, I think that networking, actually I think the whole word networking should be removed and replaced with the word community building. I think that networking sounds very individual. Um, and I think that because of the way that we can amplify our voices, the way that we can reach more people, I think that we should really be looking at ourselves as community builders um, and, and people that can advocate around the cause. And I think if we all see ourselves as community builders, then I think we can create a lot more impact um, on a lot of different levels. So the successful networkers are the ones that transition through, I think, from that sort of like I've come to, to, to have an individual transaction to, you know, I want to do something bigger together. Um, of course, technology, I think that leveraging technology is an absolute must. Um, it doesn't replace face-to-face, -face, but you really do have to get a grasp around technology and with the technology comes authenticity. So I think that, you know, you can't really be a successful online networker or offline networker if you're not really willing to give a little bit of yourself and be authentic. I think that's really important. And people gravitate towards people that are authentic and comfortable with themselves. Even if you're a little bit weird, like I am, and you are, Mike, I think that's okay. Exactly. And 
finally, I think um, I think sharing is a really important part of not just networking, but like the whole future. So I think that we need to look at networking as a platform to share. And I think that you know the the concept of privacy online, especially, is really becoming obsolete. So I think that we need to start looking at contribution in terms of what can we bring to share, and you know how do we take advantage of the world that's getting really really you know, a lot smaller, and these um, lesser degrees of separation. I think this, the degrees of separation have now been reduced down from six degrees to something like four on a global level and um, two or three on a community level. Now, how do we take advantage of this um, shrinking world so that we can become creator contributors instead of just consumers and really, um, you know, create content and share knowledge so that we can make, again, make an impact? And I think that's, that's the new sort of world of networking. Wow, that's, um, that's very, very well said. And I think uh, anybody listening to this just got a, a whole lot of value just in your last statement. Uh, Gina, I'm just going to ask anybody if they've got any questions, if they want to type the questions in for me, I'll, I'll relate them to you. Um, and whilst I'm just waiting if anybody has, one final question is, um, you know, most of our clients are, are entrepreneurs and um, they go to various networking groups, probably industry one, um, something like Athena or a Business Rocks or some local environment. Um, we try and create various networking events and we sponsor things like Kickstart in Malaysia and, and everything like that. The one I wanted to actually ask you, ask you if you felt it's still relevant and its relevance to people is the more structured networking like BNI. Um, and not to be positive or negative about uh, a BNI, but that sort of, let's talk about the more structured networking events. Um, do you think they're still relevant? And uh, do you have any comment about that? Actually, I think yes. I mean, BNI are really the, the, you know, the founding fathers of, of structured networking, and they really did um, you know, do it well, I think. Um, so you know, again, depending on if it's the right fit and the right culture for you and your business, um, it's something that you would have to discover. But in terms of the structure, I think it definitely works. We certainly have a, a more structured um, event at Athena. And I think if you're new to networking and you're uncomfortable with open networking, so you're or you're less confident in a, a an open networking environment where you actually have to go up and speak to people, I think that the structured networking can be a lot more effective. Um, then sort of turning up and shifting around and looking at your phone, having a few drinks and leaving, you're kind of forced into the the whole you know the whole networking environment with the structure. And I think it also forces you to think about the way that you pitch yourself. I mean, when I first went to um, BNI and Athena, I didn't know how to stand up and say, well, I could hardly stand up and say my name to be honest. I was so nervous. Um, but you know, I did have to practice and learn how to present myself. And although it can be a little bit intimidating, it's really a, an important skill because you'll use that you know, time and time again, not just in networking, but just in day-to-day -day sort of interaction. Absolutely. We do have a question come in and it's about social media groups. Like, you know how you go onto Facebook and you join a group and that sort of thing. And it's about um, how well do you feel the social media groups work with being able to build good viable contacts? Yeah, I mean, I think the groups um, were, have been around for quite some time. So I think that um, 
some of them are kind of dying out a little bit now because there's a lot more general engagement um, happening, you know, sort of publicly. I think groups were around when this whole notion of privacy was a little bit more, um, there was more concern around it. So people didn't really want to discuss things openly on their Facebook wall. And the Facebook wall was just there for, you know, your mum and your sister. So I think it gave this kind of a bit of a walled garden. Um, but I think that like any kind of group, offline or online, it depends on how well it's, it's facilitated and who the members are. I mean, you can have, there are some really, really great active groups on LinkedIn and on Facebook where they're really sharing valuable information and participating in discussions. And I, I've heard, but I have to admit I'm not um, very active on there, that Google Plus is really fantastic, um, especially around certain interests. So I think there's definitely, you know, really really good opportunities, but they need to have either built up a lot of traction already so they have a lot of good engagement or they need someone to really keep them. I have a link in doing but I'm afraid to say it's dying a death because without someone actually facilitating and discussing topics and, you know, we're all so busy um, running other things offline and haven't given it a lot of time and attention, but the moment that we actually start interacting with the members, then it starts to Yep. Well, Gina, thank you very, very much. And I really appreciate you being on the call today. Um, thank you everybody for being on the call. And uh, I look forward to catching up with you in Singapore very soon, hopefully. Thanks, Gina, and thanks everybody. We'll see you all later. Bye-bye.